0: going today guys back here live in the studio for an episode of hot takes with tp3 off a two-week hiatus once again i'm your host thomas penland joined on tuesday march 8th 2022 ben it is march we're glad to have you back man
1: unbelievable time i mean football just dropping some bombs on us today March Madness, uh, really starting up because conference tournaments have already kicked off at this point, but they're, they're pretty much about to heat up really tomorrow, but what a time.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you watched that ACC game that tipped off at two, I'm sorry you, uh, had to watch that. I mean, that was some of the worst basketball I've seen in a while, but what else did you expect out of the two worst teams in the ACC getting things started on a 2 PM on a casual Tuesday in the middle of the week? Um, first of all, guys, the hiatus wasn't planned. Um, I was very busy getting ready for a huge uh, trading card trade show, as the, most of y'all know, I've talked about a little bit on here, how I'm big into the sports trading cards, stuff like that, so I was very busy that week, um, and then Ben and I were going to try to run a quick episode and talk some college basketball that week, but he was going out of town for a trip, and then Ben was also out of town all last week, and to be honest with you guys, I was completely drained because I didn't sleep all week because I was doing that stuff pretty much all weekend, so... We've just been tired, run down, but we're right back at it the best time. I don't think y'all missed too much. Today's episode, we got for y'all some very spicy breaking news in the NFL and then on top of that, we're going to break down the conference tournaments and get y'all ready for March Madness. So, Ben, let's get this thing underway, man. We'll start out with the crazy shocking. So, first of all, I was uh watching a video on my phone actually and I saw the notification come through Russell Wilson has been traded. I was like, "Wait, I was like, what?" I clicked on it for a second. And then it was like traded to the Broncos. I thought at first it was like a speculating thing saying he's up for trade. And it was official that he was traded to the Broncos. Absolutely insane. Um, The total trade details. We have the Broncos receive Russell Wilson in return. They send the the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Drew Locke, tight end Noah Font, defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth and a fifth round pick and a fourth round pick sources said Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's a, in a fifth-round pick, and the Seahawks get Wilson in a fourth-round pick. Okay, so that makes a little more sense. I was about to say I, that's even more draft capital I thought. Ben, you're up first, man. What's your initial thoughts on this?
1: So the immediate reaction is <clears throat> the Broncos win the immediate immediate trade because a lot of people think they were one quarterback away from really, really competing, even though it's in a tough division. And they got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is an incredible quarterback. Uh, he's, you know, if you look at Russell Wilson's last four to five years in the Seahawks, some of those rosters are not great, specifically in the offensive line. Now, he's always had the weapons, especially since DK was drafted with Lockett as well. Um, but the offensive line's been bad. And he just wins football games, except for, uh, I think, last year. It was was the only bad year he's had in the last four years. So the immediate trade, I, I love it for the Broncos. And listen, on paper, I think it looks great for the Seahawks. You get a lot of draft capital, but I don't – listen, they got they, – I think for trade purposes, they did great. You got a lot back for Russell Wilson, for giving up Russell Wilson, especially when you're a Seahawks team that wasn't really competing. But my hesitancy is because the Seahawks, they don't draft that well. I, I wouldn't say the Seahawks front office is all that great. Right, I mean, mm-hmm. just think back just a couple of years ago when how much they gave up for when they traded for Jamal Adams. Jamal yep. Adams has, has been irrelevant in Seattle. Um, they just don't draft great. You go back in the draft, you know, everyone's like DK. He's been good, sure. Look at the rest of the class, right? Like the the last like great class that they had off the top of hand was when they got I think they got Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner in the same class. Like they just their front office, I wouldn't say is great. So. My immediate reaction is I like what the Broncos did because they're competing. Uh, They are – even though it's a tough division, I would say they're the second-best team in the division because their defense was very good last year. I wouldn't be surprised if Von Miller came back. He's kind of speculated that he never really wanted to leave Denver. Um, And now he's a free agent, so now he can choose. So, listen, their defense is great. They have a really good secondary. Um, And now their offense – I mean, listen – Noah fans are really good tight end, but they still have really good receivers. KJ Hamler will also come back to join Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton. The running backs are spectacular. I think Melvin Gordon is a free agent, so if they don't bring him back, I think they need to find a a nice complement to Javante Williams, who will now be their starter. But Russell Wilson adds to a great offense that the Broncos have, and uh, I think they did a great job. Plus, their new head coach is an offensive guy. He was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. I I think this is
0: all good news if you're a Broncos fan. Yeah, no. Look, I think if as a Broncos fan you got to be happy about it, but at the same time, well, actually, first of all, I'm going to say this when it came to the trade, Broncos made a very smart move at the end of last season. That was trading and moving on from Von Miller. So they move on from Von Miller, they get those draft picks back in return that they then send in the trade. So realistically, it looks like they gave up a ton.
1: At the end of the day.
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, they gave up two picks that they had already – that they acquired in that trade, and then they gave up one – basically they gave up their first and their second from this draft, the two picks they were they acquired, and then next year's first. Not terrible. I mean, Noah Font's pretty talented. I don't know much about Shelby Harris, how good he is. Is he a starter, do you know, by any chance?
1: I don't, but I know that the Broncos have another tight end that they do like. He's not as good as Noah Font, maybe, but I, I mean – their receivers are are really good. Well, we think we think Judy would be good with an actual quarterback yeah. instead of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I think corland Sutton, I'd say, is a pretty good receiver that's still rising in his ability. And then KJ Hamler, he's just a speed guy. And he just got hurt last year, so I mean, the ability is all there for the playmakers. Plus, Devonte Williams absolutely had a spectacular rookie season.
0: Yeah, Devonte Williams a beast. He's going to be one of the best up and coming young running backs in the league. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I guess I don't hate the trade for Denver because of everything that they gave up, but at the same time, I would argue Russell Wilson's probably the fourth best quarterback in this division at this point, Russell Wilson, look, he might have been tired in Seattle. He might've phoned it in last year. He got injured, you know, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on last year, but even the year before that in the COVID year, you can see noticeably going into that Buffalo game that the Seahawks, the Seahawks lost. His numbers drop off pretty hard at that point at the end of the season. He only had one game where he threw for more than two touchdowns, which was against the Jets where they won 40-3 to at that point. And it showed how much his numbers dropped off as the season went on that year. I mean, the first six weeks, he was arguably the best player in the league. And then after that, his numbers just dipped a ton. Um, I, think, I think that it's a lot to give up to be the fourth best team in the division. But at the same time, Three teams could still make. There's three wild card spots now, so I mean the Broncos can still compete for one of those and make one of those. I mean the Raiders, even though Derek Carr might be a better quarterback, they might not have a better team. There's been so much just turmoil there with that team. From the flip side of things, from the Seahawks, like you said, I thought it was a great trade bid, and they gave up so much draft capital for Jamal Adams and so and like like you said, they have not drafted well. They have really no young talent on this team. I think it was a great move for them to get more young talent back on this team. And, you know, for Denver, Denver hasn't been able to do anything at the uh, quarterback position. So they needed to do something here. Yeah. Yeah, Since Peyton Manning, they haven't been able to do anything. I guess that means Seahawks will be looking for another quarterback in the draft. I assume Geno Smith and drew lock are not playing a future more. So those guys are place folder holders for the next quarterback to come in.
1: Uh, I mean, what does Pete Carroll do now? He's like seventy something years old. Does he really want to be a part of a rebuild? So, I mean, it could be a total overhaul uh, in Seattle with a new coach and new quarterback.
0: Yeah, or they
1: or they're going to go out and trade for someone. Yeah. There's going to be quarterbacks available. I mean, right now Jimmy G seems to be available, but we still don't know if the Colts are sold on Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. We still don't know that, what what started the rumors with Kirk Cousins. Is it just cause he's making so much money?
0: Yeah, that's because he's making so much money and he's underperformed. And coach, the Colts the Colts did say that they were unhappy with Carson Wentz and they were looking to move on. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's a lot still to be done. I think this is just the first of many dominoes to fall, if anything. If anything, you can X Denver off the list of teams that need a quarterback and pop Seattle. Honestly, don't think Seattle is going to go out and make a move at quarterback. I think they're perfectly satisfied with sucking. If anything, I wouldn't be shocked to see Jamal Adams on the on the uh, trade block. I wouldn't be shocked to see DK Metcalf on the trade block. And I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Tyler Lockett on the trade block. I could see uh, Adams and Lockett getting moved pretty easily. DK, I think it's going to take at least a first round pick in order to move on from him. I mean, DK is so young, you know, you can hold on to him through this entire cycle of rebuilding the entire franchise. So honestly, Bobby Wagner too, he could be another one of those guys who could be on the trade block for Seattle. You know, I feel like everybody, I feel like everybody's open and Seattle's open to make moves. You know, I, I think I feel like at the end of the day, Seattle's going to be satisfied with being the worst team in the league and running it back with drew Locke and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? With drew Locke and, uh, Gino Smith for the season.
1: Oh God! Yeah, that's the NFC. Rough. The NFC is going to need to add some quarterbacks because right now it's Stafford and Rodgers don't have much competition.
0: Hey, great segue right there by you, Ben. Um, Aaron Rodgers today he returns to Green Bay. 40 years, fifty mil, or fifty million dollars a pop, two hundred million total on the deal. I don't.
1: The the contract is not true according oh. to him.
0: Okay. He tweeted.
1: He's like. He's like. Yes, I am coming back to the Packers, but the reports are not true.
0: That's it. Hey, that's crazy. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers decides to come back today to Green Bay. Ben, we talked about it after Rodgers lost. If we thought that he should move on or stay there, we both agreed and thought it was the right decision. I mean, all the reasons you just said right there, it's pretty much Stafford. And then the rest of the NFC is wide open with question marks at quarterback. The 49ers are the second best team. They're looking to move on from their QB now. I mean, the Brady's not there anymore. Um, I mean, just think about all the teams, in the division, man, there really isn't that next best quarterback in there yet. There's gonna be a lot of movement, movement, I'm sure, with quarterbacks and whatnot in the NFC for all the reasons you said. But I think Rodgers made the right decision here. Devonte Adams get officially franchise tagged.
1: I it I don't uh, I guess the deadline was today. I think they did.
0: Okay, so Adams is franchise tag. I mean, regardless, they're gonna break open the wallet to bring him back. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, but ultimately, Ben, do you think this move is gonna Aaron Rodgers and the Packers will finally be able to get over the hump, or do you think it'll be more of the same still?
1: Um, well, I mean, the competition in the NFC is obviously a little weaker now that Tom Brady's not there. I mean, just go through the divisions, right? The NFC South, I know that he's our boy, but like the NFC South doesn't have a a, a good team. Not our good quarterback. The Saints will be good, but we don't know what the quarterback situation is, right? Um the NFC West, well, it doesn't have Russell Wilson anymore. It's gonna have Trey Lance, who we, he might be good, he might not be. I don't know. I mean, we we don't know enough about him. Um, I mean, who the the uh, Aaron Rodgers division? Obviously, Stafford is obviously still in the West. Kyler Murray, he said he wants a new deal before the draft. I don't know if they're going to get. I mean, what are they going to do? They just extended their GM and their head coach. So they can take care of Kyler. I don't think Kyler really scares really scares many people in the way that he plays in big games. So, uh, I mean, I would put Dak Prescott as the third best quarterback in the in the NFC right now. there's just not a lot of competition and we know what the Cowboys do against teams outside of the division. So I think it was smart for Rogers to come back. I think he has a good chance to get a one or two seed in the NFC just like they do most years. And can they get over the hump? I mean, it's, I don't know. They're pretty much going to be for the most part, the same team. Their weapons are all going to be back. It's, it's just, can they do it? I mean, can they do it? Yeah. It's just, will they? I have no idea. I mean, they they've choked many many times and at home twice now
0: yeah unfortunately i think it's going to be more the same for green bay you know they're still going to be in cap hell they're pretty much they were already pretty pretty tight on the cap now they're going to pay all that money off to rogers and to uh adams to bring him back in there i mean i just I, not... well adams
1: will be tagged though, so i mean he, he, he's worth more than a franchise tag but yeah he'll be fine for that for one year
0: exactly no the part
1: that never made sense is rogers like if i come back it'll be a cap friendly deal so why does everyone think that his cap friendly deal is 200 million for 193 million guaranteed what's what's cap friendly about that if you look at their look at their salary cap do you really think they can afford 200 million dollars and pay other role players like they no just wait for the details to come out, people.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Aaron Rodgers is not going to come back. And eat. at this point, Aaron Rodgers is basically ring chasing. He's got enough money. I mean, you watch, you know, everyone watches TV. Aaron get, Rodgers hey, is on every he'll commercial. He'll get what he
1: deserves, but he, he's going for the ring. Exactly,
0: 100%. Um, State Farm pays him enough. <laughs> exactly, Ben. Anything else you think we need to say on uh, football before we flip it over to the hard court?
1: Our boy. Not really our boy anymore.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Matt Ryan's still
1: my boy. Whoa, no, no, no. One of his receivers.
0: Oh, oh man. Look, I'm going to say so what, this. About- what do
1: you, there are some wild takes. I mean, did you see Emmanuel Acho's take? What did he say? He is a strong believer that players should be able to gamble.
0: Yeah, I did see that. That was one of the <laughs> dumbest things I've ever seen. I don't think players should be able to gamble because the number one reason that we all say you can't th- look, you can't think gambling is rigged. You know what I mean? Like, I think the NFL did the right thing by suspending him for the whole season because they sent a message. They said, look, it doesn't matter, Calvin Ridley, if you gambled a measly $1,500 in games that you had no effect on. You can't bet on them, period. If you want to be an active player in this league, which I'm personally a fan of, I want no doubt in my mind that these players are going to try their ass off every single game and have no bones in the in stake in the game whatsoever. I mean, think about it. What if you were betting on like an over under in basketball and you have an under, you know what I mean? And John Morant's dribbling the ball out with 15 seconds left. And he has, has a hundred K on the over, you know what I mean? Of course he's going to run in there <laughs> and dunk the ball in when their team's up and run the score up. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because then at that point, then you're playing against the people who have the impact of what happens in the game. That's the dumbest thing I've I'm, say, Emmanuel Atra is an idiot. He's the same idiot who's on TV saying that he wouldn't take Patrick Mahomes. he've listed five quarterbacks. He'd rather take than Patrick Mahomes today in the NFL. I was like, dude, I was like, why he are also, you employed?
1: He also admitted that when he was playing at Texas in the 2009 national championship against Bama, that coaches said they'd pay him a thousand dollars per interception. <laughs> Yeah, there dude. was there was something I can't find anymore, but it's basically something like this has happened. Something like Ridley has happened, uh, like like four other times in the NFL. Yep. Every single time, the player lost full season in suspension. Mm-hmm. So it's consistent with that. It's harsh. Um, you know, my problem with it is here's the thing. And I, and I texted you and uh, Cody about this. The NFL has always been about protecting the shield. Mm-hmm. which The shield is obviously the integrity of the league. I don't really agree with some other players who have had domestic violence issues who get suspended for a lot less. I, I get that it's it's not really apples to apples what you're comparing, but Ridley's is... is It's harsh when you just think about it like, yeah, he's suspended for a, a whole season without pay when someone who may have hit their uh, significant other or hit their child only gets a couple games. I, I don't agree with that, but my take is... Ridley broke, they're both league rules, but Ridley broke a rule that that affects the league more than like, like when Ray Rice, for example, mm-hmm. like when you turned on SportsCenter, when you turned on any news channel, they weren't saying like, they, they were just talking about Ray Rice and his reputation. It wasn't about, because the Ravens cut him. So once the Ravens cut him, they, no, there was no talk about the Ravens, there was no talk about the organization's uh, reputation. Uh, reputation or John Harbaugh's it was just Ray Rice like Ridley is he it's the league's rule that he broke and I was listening to uh the Pat McAfee show uh because he you know obviously Pat played in the NFL and AJ Hawk goes on there they said there are signs everywhere in locker rooms and memos that get sent out weekly that you cannot gamble like it's very clear what the rules are and he broke the rules so I, I listen i don't agree with some with some suspensions and how they go um but it is it is what it is i mean this is calva it's it's it sucks to the falcons although the falcons get the money back at this point so the falcons I mean, are no longer un- under they're no longer under the cap the problem is are they going to be able to trade them because i know for a fact he's never played the falcons
0: yeah, no. I mean, I think we'll definitely be able to trade him when we get back. Look at all these guys are gonna. Deshaun Watson's gonna get a second chance, you know. I mean, yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably only He's, get a fourth round pick for him. I, I, Ben, if you had to bet right now, yes or no, will Deshaun Watson take a snap in the NFL in the next two seasons? What would you? Friday,
1: Friday is a big day. There's multiple women being subpoenaed into court on Friday to testify. Like it's, it's not a good situation that Deshaun Watson's in. I, I would say, will he? I don't know. If it's bad, if this gets bad, and he's found guilty for multiple women, no, I think he's blackballed from the league. There was twenty something women who came out, or maybe thirty. However many there were, there was a lot. There was way over ten. I guess some of some of them have been. I don't, and I don't want to speculate. Some of them have dropped charges, whether they were paid or not. But multiple women are going to court on Friday to testify. It can get real ugly for him, and that's why. He hasn't been traded. Now, if he does play again, it's not for the Texans. The Texans, But the Texans aren't just going to sit there and eat his money. I think he's getting paid $30 million on March. It's like March 15th or something is when his deadline is. So Friday is a big day in court for Deshaun Watson, and I'll know more information after that. He could easily be blackballed from this league.
0: I hope it doesn't happen. Sean's one of my favorite players to watch play, so let's hope it doesn't happen. last thing I'm going to say on this is, the end of the day I think Calvin Ridley got the right punishment that purely says don't tamper with the NFL you know at the end of the day man uh, Sam Emanuel Acho might think whatever the hell they want to about it you can either choose you can choose to be a gambler or you can choose to pay if Calvin Ridley wants to gamble on sports then he can retire from football and go live out in Vegas and gamble as you can also gamble
1: as an NFL player you can gamble on other sports yeah you can i don't know i mean and he also used his own name in social security like do i think calvin's the only nfl player gambling no he's the only one that got caught
0: (laughs) because he's an idiot (laughs) anyway that's enough time spent on that loser let's get down to the real stuff everybody's here to, to listen to us talk about ben march is here man let's get down to it it is march madness time um Let's start things off here, Ben, and let's talk about the ACC. We're going to go through the big six conferences. For those of y'all who don't know, that's the ACC, that's the SEC, that's the Big 12, the Big 10, the Big East, and the Pac-12. We'll start things off, though, with the ACC since they're the worst at this point, which is kind of <laughs> sad to say. Ben, it pains me to say it as an ACC homer, but you know you know we've reached poverty level when the sec is better at basketball than us that's how you really know the acc has reached its absolute poverty level at this point
1: sec is great now
0: yeah the sec is amazing at basketball now it's like what the acc used to be i mean i wake up on saturdays and want to watch sec football now i wake up wake up every day and basketball's on and i only want to watch sec basketball ACC tournament, current one seed is Duke. The current odds have Duke as the favorite. Then there's a huge gap, and then it's North Carolina, then um, Miami, then – or sorry, then Wake Forest, then Virginia Tech, even though they're the seven seed, then the four seed Miami, then Notre Dame, who's the two seed. Ben, what do you think about this ACC tournament? Is Duke going to win?
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I do think Duke wins. Now, I would say, like, Duke is a harder side when it comes to the ACC see the North Carolina does because Duke could potentially have to play Wake Forest or Miami. Um, I think Miami even beat Duke on like some crazy basket earlier in the year, but I I, I don't need to spend much time on this. I I think Duke is is running to roll in this tournament. Um, They were, they were the best team all season. Um, you know, there was a lot of pressure in that game, I think. Plus, it's a rivalry game to begin with against UNC, so I, I don't think that's who Duke really was. They didn't play great in the second half. They played fine in the first half, but I, I see Duke just rolling in this tournament.
0: Ben, I am personally am in belief that I think Duke's a little overrated. Now, do I think they're the best team in the ACC? I absolutely do think they are. I personally don't think they're going to make it out of here. I just feel like this with Coach K being his last ACC tournament and whatnot, I could see a little slip up happening along the way. Um, Wake Forest, Alondis Williams, guy I'll talk about it here. I'll revisit him a little bit later on the podcast. He might have a little something cooked up. Wake Forest definitely needs a win, but they should be able to handle Boston College and Pitt. Virginia Tech's also on the bubble right now Not in the Pitt. ACC. Pitt lost today. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. They're going to have to play Boston College. Yeah, yeah Pitt was awful. Um, Virginia is also on the bubble. So you got Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Wake Forest all on the bubble here. I think Wake Forest should be fine, and they'll get through. They'll play Miami. As long as they get through a game against Pitt or Boston College, they're fine. They have to play respectfully against Miami. I think Duke – I feel like Duke's going to slip up some here on the road. I'm going with North Carolina, man. I just feel like that March Madness is going to be an absolute shit show. I feel like a Duke team – that is really not as good as people think they are. I feel like they slip up somewhere down the road, but I will say this. I'm also not confident enough to put money against them winning the ACC tournament. I'm not betting any futures in this conference. No. Um, I don't think we need to really spend much more time on this conference, but this is coach K's last March. Mattis has been alluded to next one. We'll go to the next conference. This should probably be pretty chalky as well. This is the PAC 12. Um, Arizona dominated the PAC 12 all season long. Ben, you think they're going to dominate in the conference tournament?
1: They did. uh, I think UCLA beat Arizona kind of bad at one point when they played. But, yeah, I mean, Arizona's defense, athleticism, they really have it all. Coach of the year, player of the year. Um, I I, I have nothing on this conference other than I think Arizona. But I think UCLA is – I mean, if you're going to take any team, I think – I think US, uh, USC or UCLA as a flyer. If you don't want to take the favor in Arizona, I don't know what their favorite on. I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I'm sure it's pretty chalky because yeah. they never great all year.
0: Yeah. So um, ACC Duke was a favorite, and this is the only other conference where that, or at least I know from the from the Power Five, where you have some team that's actually minus money in a conference tournament. And that was Arizona at minus one one uh, thirty three. And this one, I actually agree on more. Look, I've, I've seen Duke slip up pretty badly against, I mean, FSU, this is the worst team we've probably had in the last 10 years. I watched Duke lose to them. I watched that terrible performance. I'll give Duke a little bit of a pass on that performance that they had on Saturday. But I've watched Duke lose to some teams they have no business in in the ACC this year, you know, with some sleepy games. And they're getting everyone's best shot. Arizona, on the other hand, I think this team has a chance to win the national championship, as I'd put them as one of my five contenders to win it all. I think Arizona will come out here and handle business. Look, when you look at the way the tournament bracket breaks down, Arizona State and Stanford are miserable. Arizona will have no problems with them in the first round. Then they're going to have to play Oregon, who's got one of their key players hurt and has been trending downwards playing Colorado. Colorado is only good at home because they have the great home court advantage. Arizona gets to, waltzes to the, front, the championship, in my opinion, with no problems. Then on top of that, when you look at the other side, Johnny Juzang's banged up. Cody Riley's a little banged up for UCLA. I think UCLA would be smarter here to sit Juzang and just let whatever happens happen. I think USC's still got a little bit to play for to try to move up in seating. I think UC, USC is a good team. We'll get past them and go to the championship, but USC's got no business playing with Arizona, man. We just watched we Arizona. Just blown be- out. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, it was like last Tuesday or Wednesday, Arizona beat them by like 25 points. I don't see anything different happening here once again. Arizona wins easily. I don't even know why we spent so much time talking about it. Um, Next conference up here, we will go – let's go with the Big 12 here, Ben. Um, Big 12 currently have the Baylor Bears and Kansas Jayhawks as co-favorites at plus 200. See, here's one where you get plus money betting on the favorite. Um, you got Texas at plus 500, Texas Tech at plus 265, um, and then obviously Oklahoma – uh, Iowa state, Kansas state, TCU, all those, you got to lay away more. Um, Ben before we pick the team that we actually think winning this conference, you got a team that you think is a sleeper and be worth throwing a little pocket change on.
1: I mean, Texas tech, I feel like people think they're a sleeper all all kind of season just because the way they, they play defense. Um, Texas tech is not a team. I, I really want to play early on in March madness that, Uh, You know, not the conference tournament, but Mm -hmm. the the actual March Madness bracket, they they can turn anybody over just double digit times. And if they're out in space, they are so dangerous. Um, They haven't missed a beat. They haven't missed a beat since uh, losing Chris Beard at all. They were great all season. They had a bunch of transfers come in and it didn't seem to bother them. They had a great season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Ben, call me crazy. I actually don't like Texas Tech that much. I thought I did. And then I was doing a little more deeper digging for the sake of March madness. And I discovered that Texas tech is 18 and O when they play at home and three and seven, when they play on the road this season, I think that might actually be a good team to watch for to get bounced early in March madness and whatnot. But on top of all that, when I look at this bracket, look, I would I love TCU as kind of a deep sleeper. They gotta play Baylor in the second round. Maybe if they can get past them, I think they can take care of uh actually Oklahoma State can't play since they're relegated. So West Virginia. Um, I don't buy Texas, I think they're kind of
1: garbage. Um I think Kansas has Kansas I, I, has the much easier side than this to get the championship game.
0: Absolutely. Um, I've definitely have Kansas winning this, look, if you throw ten dollars right now on TCU it returns you 189. I think that might be worth a little something if you really want some action here in this conference. But Kansas always wins this conference. I think they're the best play.
1: Except last year, because Baylor.
0: Yeah, that is. Well, last year, remember, Kansas beat Oklahoma in their first game, and then they were ruled ineligible because they had too many guys test positive for COVID.
1: True. Baylor would have beat them anyway. They won the national championship.
0: Yeah, Baylor, and, I mean, the Big 12 was even more loaded last year, man. They had Cade Cunningham, too. Cade Cunningham beat Baylor, actually, in the conference championship mm-hmm. game. So, I mean – That it, was I, so
1: weird. They, like, allowed Texas or Oklahoma State to become eligible just for Cade Cunningham.
0: No, I know. I, I love that, honestly. The fact they let them be eligible last year. Now they're ineligible again this year. So, the year they're – honestly, great move by the NCAA. They mess a lot of things up, but that's a great move right there, letting Cade Cunningham be eligible um next conference up here on the list we'll keep we'll keep flying through them here we'll save the big 10 for last because i feel like they're the deepest let's go with the big east here big east you currently have another one where you can barely get plus money in where you can get villanova at plus 125 then you got the yukon huskies at plus uh 420 marquette is at plus 800 plus 420 on the providence friars i'm not going to go any farther than that just because that uh i don't think there's anybody really worth mentioning in the rest of it um Ben, is there any team that you think is could be a little bit of a sleeper out of the ones we named, or do you think that it's going to be pretty chalky and Villanova is going to take care of business?
1: I, I mean, I personally think Villanova will win it, but UConn, UConn is is the best uh, uh, the best profit in, in this. UConn can play tough against most teams. that play great defense. Um, they're a really good paint team. This whole conference, like, I mean, this is just like if I did, this is one of the more Like conference tournaments that I would that it would be very high on my list to go see every round because one it's in Madison Square Garden two Mm. all these teams play so hard and they're so close in talent like it's just unbelievable how how great the Big East is to kind of just have them back obviously UConn came back to kind of help them out I love this conference it's just a great conference in basketball Uh, I hope it continues to get better I think Villanova wins the conference I think Villanova's For some reason, they are just so slumped on every year. I feel like they get treated like they're Gonzaga to where not many people watch their games. Everyone knows they're good. Their coach has two national championships. There's Mm. not many active coaches that have two national championships, right? So you just never count Jay Wright's out. Colin Gillespie, I feel like he's been in college for 15 years. It does. The, The experience is real in March. I've always been a believer in that. Villanova typically has experience. They don't have a ton of one of uh, one and done guys. I think Villanova is a really, really good team in March this year. No, I agree. What, are, they a, are they a three seed? Or what are they right now? They're the two seed. So, okay.
0: yes, yeah, so they do have a little tougher challenge. They're going to have to play the winner of Seton Hall and UConn. That's right. I went ahead and said Seton Hall and UConn just because I see absolutely no way that Georgetown is going to go on the impromptu. They haven't won a game all,
1: all season. At conference yeah.
0: Ball, I think. yeah, I don't understand how they're going to do, do it twice in a row. So I'm going to go ahead and give Seton Hall that one. Um, yeah, so when I look down at this conference, I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this. Do not bet on Creighton. Creighton's best player, their Mm -hmm. point guard, Andrew Nimhard, is out for the season officially. So I'm going to go ahead and save you all some money there. Do not. Also, them and Marquette played a back-and-forth game right at the end of the season. I actually had money on it. I ended up pushing on Marquette plus one. I'm probably going to unload the clip on Marquette as long as they're under five points here in this one and bet heavily on them. Marquette should blow them out of the water um I think Villanova like you said Ben they can handle everybody they're more experienced they have the more experienced head coach I also think Providence is a big time bet against team and team to look to fade in March Providence is in like close games I don't know the exact stab, but they played 17 or 18 games that came down to basically like two or three possessions and somehow they won all but two of them the entire season one of those being or two of those being against Villanova so I think Providence highly overrated I mean they're ranked like top 10 nationally but when you look at them in actual power rankings and statistical numer- number rankings, they're ranked in like the 30s and 40s. So I think Providence is extremely overpriced and overvalued here. I think that Villanova is going to win it as the two seed. Um, anyway, I don't think we need to say much more about the Big East at this point. Let's move um, to... Ben, you know what? Since you're SEC guy, we'll wait to do the SEC. Let's talk about the Big Ten. I think this tournament bracket is this one in the SEC. Good you're luck. by, by Good far, luck picking a winner. Yeah, good luck picking a winner. That's the truth. The favorite currently is Illinois at plus 300. You have Iowa at plus 424. You have Purdue – Oh, sorry, I misspoke. Purdue is the favorite at plus 220. Iowa – or Illinois Open is the favorite. Wow, Purdue now has moved into the favorite spot. Wisconsin, I mean, we thought they had the conference uh, tournament or the number one seed wrapped up. They ended up losing to freaking Nebraska, one of the worst teams in the conference. They're now at plus 699. Then you have Rutgers at plus 899 as well, who's the four seed, believe it or not. And they're on the bubble right now. Um, other than that, I mean, you got Michigan State at plus eighteen ninety seven. He's had a decent season. You got Michigan, he's at plus fifteen ninety-seven. Michigan plays another team who is also on the bubble in their first match. They play they're matched up against um against Indiana, who's at plus uh 2895. No, oh no, you're right. They
1: didn't play first. Yeah. yeah that's Michigan... a that's a tournament game. Yeah. Um That's, Indiana is on like the first four out right now and, mm-hmm. and Michigan's on like the last four in or maybe last four by so Michigan can maybe still get in with a loss but Indiana if they lose they're not making much madness.
0: Exactly. That's going to be a big one right there. This is Jawan Howard's first game back as well. Um I'm gonna go ahead and tell you all I think Michigan's gonna go ahead and win that game. That's gonna be a fun one, though. This tournament tips off on Wednesday. Technically, I mean they have two garbage games. They have Nebraska, Northwestern, Minnesota, and Penn State, but this this Thursday games are gonna be where it's at. Um, Ben, who do you think's gonna come out of the Big Ten, man?
1: I think it's two teams in the bottom half of the bracket. I, I think the winner of Ohio State and Purdue wins this. I'm gonna say Purdue as of now. Um, because I'm just a huge fan of Jaden Ivey. Uh, I think he's just, I think you and I both agree that he, we think he just has a chance to explode in March. Yep. I'm going to go with Purdue as a three seed, another the favorite. Something must have happened with Illinois because their national title favorites went from plus two something to plus 350 or something like that today. So I'm not really sure what happened, but their odds got worse. And now they're the one seed, but they're not the favorite in the Big Ten tournament. Um, I, I mean, I'm going to say Purdue, but I really have no clue. This has been a crab cheat to pick winners in the Big Ten all year. There's a lot of good teams. Wisconsin is the player of the year, and when he doesn't play or if, when he's off the floor because of foul trouble, they're terrible with Johnny Davis. So he's an unbelievable player, and he just makes everyone better. Is If you never watch him play, he's incredible. Yeah, but true. they don't do much without him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Johnny Davis is banged up, man. So they're, they don't have to play till Friday. So that could play in their favor a little bit. Johnny Davis isn't 100%. This team has no chance. I still think they'll probably get past Maryland or Michigan State.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to say Purdue yeah. plays Illinois in the championship. I'm going to take Illinois to win it, even though that is a little chalky here to taking Illinois, the one seed, to win the conference tournament. I just feel like Coburn's going to be able to have his way inside. Illinois and Purdue have played some tough matches back and forth all season long, but ultimately, I think the Illini. There's a reason why they're sitting on the one spot here in this conference tournament. I think they're going to find a way to get it done. They're deep. Yeah, and they have Kofi Cockburn Coburn, the best, <laughs> arguably the best big man in college basketball as well. So that helps a lot. Purdue's
1: got the seven foot four Edie.
0: Yeah, Edie, and they also have Travion Williams, Williams. as well. Yeah. yeah, Purdue's a very deep team, guys. Purdue is, in my opinion. Is one of the few teams in college basketball that has a dominant player on the perimeter and has a dominant player out, out inside as well. There's just not a lot of teams built like that from top to bottom that have a top guy in both spots or that have multiple top guys in both spots. Oh,
1: great spot-up shooter and uh, what's it, Stefanovic or whatever.
0: Yeah, Purdue's deep, man. I mean, there's a reason why they're ranked in the top five right now. Um, let's talk about the SEC here, Ben. SEC this is obviously Ben's favorite conference this has been my favorite conference to watch this season they've had the best basketball by far your current favorite right now is the Kentucky Wildcats at plus 149 even though they're not the one seed your one seed Auburn your Kentucky's actually your three seed Tennessee's the two seed Arkansas is the four seed those teams have double buys as well with that um Arkansas sits at plus 697. Ben, is there any team you're looking at here? Maybe LSU at plus a thousand uh, with value to bet on as a future, or you think it's be pretty chalky? I,
1: I think it's really the, I, I think the top four seeds, first of all, I think three out of these four top seeds are national championship. good. I think no, I Auburn, Kentucky, and Arkansas are all final four national championship. Good this year. Um, Tennessee, even though they play great defense, they can, Going a couple scoring droughts, and I think that can really hurt you in March. What's uh, Auburn's not the favorite to win this tournament?
0: No, Kentucky's actually ahead of them. Well, at least on the side I'm looking at, Kentucky's barely so Kentucky's at plus 150, Auburn's at plus 200. So, I mean, they're almost co
1: favorites. Yeah. I, I think Kentucky, just because they have the easier route right to get to the national championship, I mean, they're going through most likely they are going through Alabama. Uh, Alabama's not beating them. Um, and then they're either going to go through like a Mississippi State, South Carolina, or Tennessee. Tennessee's really the only team that can challenge them. And that'll be a great game because obviously it's in Nashville. But Kentucky fans, as we know, they travel better than anyone ever in college basketball. And Tennessee's only, only a couple hours away. From, so, I mean, that game is just going to be so packed with Tennessee fans and with Kentucky fans. Both of those teams. So we have. Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn, who did not lose a single home game this year. Kentucky's going to have home field advantage for, in every single one of these games. Auburn fans will travel well. Tennessee fans will travel in bunches. But no one travels like Big Blue Nation. I, I would go Kentucky, even though they're the three seed and they're the favorite. I, I, would, I think Kentucky's got a really good chance because they have the easiest route to uh, the championship.
0: I don't think that's a bad pick at all, Ben. Coach Cow's going to be pissed off with the way things went last year for Big Blue Nation and them missing dance altogether and them getting knocked out in the first round as well. Um, you know what? There's going to be all kinds of craziness that happens in March Madness. It's just what happens in March Madness. I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say Auburn slips up, man. I just feel like Auburn has been so good so far and they've been so mediocre on the road. I think Auburn takes one of those L's on the road right here. I could see them losing to Florida on the first day, possibly. Something crazy happened. I'm going to say the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that surged last year in the NCAA tournament and has been surging as of late. I'm going to say they ride the hot wave and go to the championship. I think Tennessee and their home crowd in Nashville will propel them into the championship game. I'm going to say Tennessee pulls the upset on Arkansas here. I could actually guess at that point they would, wouldn't be an upset, but I'm going to say Tennessee pulls it off here and wins this one for the home crowd. I like Tennessee a little more in this tournament than I like them in the actual NCAA tournament just because you're playing day by day by day. There's going to be a point in time where those legs get tired and those shots are coming up short, and I think that Tennessee defense is going to take advantage of that and it's going to propel them to a championship here in in Nashville. Tennessee,
1: Tennessee played their football bowl game in Nashville in the Titans Stadium, and ooh, there was a lot of that ugly orange in Nashville.
0: Yeah, a lot of pissed off, ugly orange too, because they blew that game if I'm if I remember yeah. correctly against Purdue. Game where they yeah, scored they a they touchdown should. about every thirty seconds. Ugh,
1: unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, Ben. Well, anyway, we're gonna be hyped up, guys, for a big weekend in the conference tournament. You want
1: to do the? You want to do the five players? Report? Yeah,
0: yeah. That's what I was about to transition us to, but. Guys, we also, you know, I was going to say we could go ahead and give you all, you know, like five teams or whatever to watch for. But I feel like that was more of like a last couple of weeks thing to watch for teams that were surging and coming into March Madness. We'll revisit that. Actually, before we talk about our five players real quick, I have a March Madness theory. I told it to Ben over text, but I just want to talk about it real quick and see what Ben thinks on it. On live air. So my theory, guys, on March Madness is I'm not saying obviously this is going to result in a team that wins a national championship. I'm saying this results in a team I feel like they can make a deep run in the tournament. You look at Baylor. Baylor loses to Oklahoma State in the championship of their conference tournament last year. They're pissed off about it. Baylor had the COVID break. And I remember they came back, played a close game against West Virginia, barely won. And then they turned around and lost to Kansas and we were all questioning them. You look back, you have to go back three years because we didn't have a year of March Madness. You look at Texas Tech and you look at Virginia. Virginia gets bounced on technically their first day because of the double buy of play in the ACC tournament by Florida State. You look at um, you look at uh,
1: Texas and Tech. Bounce Texas, year, and bounce the year before losing as a one seed.
0: Yeah, and bounce before losing as a one seed. You look at Texas Tech. Texas Tech, they lost to Kansas State on their first day of play in the Big 12 tournament, a team that was absolutely terrible. They are a one seed playing an eight seed and lost. Those two teams won the national championship. Baylor, they won the national championship. Gonzaga is an outlier, obviously. I mean, Gonzaga we all knew was that good all along that season. But even look at Arkansas. Remember, Ben, your, your, Auburn, your Auburn or Alabama Crimson Tide came back from a huge deficit and beat Arkansas in the Final Four yeah. game, they were pissed off about that too. I feel like teams that come up short in these conference tournaments go deeper, rather than these teams, you know, that you see win put together three wins in a row. Usually, those teams have the tired legs when it comes down to March. What do you think about that theory?
1: I, don't, I mean, I don't disagree. You just named a lot of examples that to where teams that turned it around. Um, I can't remember how far Auburn went when they made that Final Four run uh and lost to virginia
0: they won the conference tournament i remember they beat tennessee that they was the year when, yeah that was the year when tennessee had grant williams and all of them and kentucky had Keldon johnson and tyler here that auburn them. team was nasty though yeah that auburn team was pretty sick no real nba talent besides okiki but they were stacked and they actually didn't even have okiki he got hurt in that north carolina game so
1: yeah but like i mean jaron harper has been like he's a g-league guy i think he's yeah, like traveling with like team, the team usa team or something like that i mean they just had a lot of talent. They were sh- unbelievable at shooting the ball.
0: Yeah, they hit a ton of threes. I can't remember who their shooting guard Bryce was. Brown. Yeah, Bryce Brown. That's right. Yeah, Brown and Harper were just balling in that, and they could Easy. just drain threes. Yeah. Those that was a good team. But yeah, no, I th- I feel like I'm not saying guys, that's end all, like be all, but I'm mean, that's just a thing thing to look for. Look for a team or two. Those
1: outliers because like Duke typically does really well in the uh, conference tournament. Um, you know, obviously Gonzaga. I mean, yeah. like. Virginia, North Carolina, Duke, when Virginia is has, having their normal years, all do well in conference tournaments.
0: No, absolutely. You just got to look for teams, you know, that you think are pretty good. Teams ranked in the top like 12, 15 or so. And if they get bounced one or two games in, that might be a team you want to bet on or a team you want to look for to take deep in your bracket. But anyway, let's get down to it, man. BM Ben got five players we think y'all should watch. I technically have six, almost seven, but two of them <laughs> play on the same team here. I'll start out two players. I think you guys should watch for. Hopefully, they're able to get it done in their first game. Both play for Rutgers. That's Geo Baker and Ron Harper Jr. Both guys studs. are absolute studs. Baker plays point guard. Harper Jr. plays. He's he's like a beefy. Like t- he, he could he could really play anything from the one to the four, but he pretty much swings between all those positions. But these two guys drain threes. They put it in the basket. They're responsible for the majority of Rutgers' offense. I think these guys are a fun backcourt, and they're just going to be fun basketball. To turn on and watch they'll fill up the scoring sheet for you and who knows man if Rutgers ends up slipping in as one of those late seeds with all the big wins they have over highly ranked teams at one point in time Rutgers was was 5-0 and o or 6-0 and o against ranked teams the, and that's playing against the best of the best in the Big Ten I think these guys can fill
1: it up and will be fun to watch in March it should be Ron Harper I mean they've kind of changed the program hopefully for the future for what Rutgers looks like
0: yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I mean, Rutgers has definitely been down across the board in all sports. These these guys with the basketball team definitely making making everybody happy.
1: I'll go uh, my first guy. I'll go. We already talked about him, Kofi Coburn from Illinois. They they need him to stay out of foul trouble in the Big Ten tournament and and in uh, March Madness. He he's just an anchor down low. He's an absolute physical specimen in the paint. They can go as far as he can take them. Their guards are pretty good, but but Kofi and the paint can just dominate for them.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good one. Kofi's a beast, man. I mean, he's like uh, – this is kind of a funny comparison to make, but he's almost kind of like Shaq in a way. Like he shattered a backboard in a modern-era basketball game. I mean, who the hell does that?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, second guy we, – we already, we've already talked about some of these guys, uh, but I'll go – this is more than one guy, but for Auburn, I obviously like guards typically have, have taken their teams farther in March. I don't know how many teams have better guard play than Auburn. When Auburn's guards are on, specifically Wendell Green Jr., but I, their key player to me is Katie Johnson, He kind of struggled shooting the ball in the second half of the year. Katie Johnson, he was the transfer from Georgia. I think he's averaging like 13, 14 points at Auburn now. He, this guy plays with as much enthusiasm as anyone I have ever seen. He's what Russell Westbrook used to do, basically. Like he'll, you know, um, one of his teammates will put, do a putback dunk, and he's going crazy, pumping up the crowd. This guy feeds off the energy. And he plays off the energy. They need Katie Johnson to be himself, shoot the ball well, and Wendell Green. He could just he, he could fill up a bucket, and I think guard play is very important. Auburn, obviously, their best player, I think he's the best player in the country, Jabari Smith, big man, and Walker Kessler is one of the best block um, shot guys in in college basketball. They're great in the paint. They need these guards to score because Jabari Smith, he's not giving them 30 or 40 in March Madness, right? Auburn plays a lot of guys, and Bruce Pearl really puts a lot of pressure on his guards to lead them, but they're capable of doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good call out there, Ben. I'm glad you highlighted Auburn as they definitely deserve to be highlighted right now and the guys we bring up and talk about. Um, Next guy I'm going to go with, I'm going to go stick in the SEC here. I'm going to go with J.D. Notay of the Arkansas Razorbacks this guy is an absolute beast he's a Georgia boy too from Covington Um, he averaged 18.9 points per game 4.4 rebounds 3.6 assists he was part of this Arkansas team that went to the final four last year he was the sixth man only starting one game all season averaging 12.8 points per game he transferred in from Jacksonville University I actually watched him play when I was at Kennesaw State he played for Jacksonville and we played against them which is kind of cool to think back on that now he absolutely tore us up I'm pretty sure he had like 30 (laughs) in the first half I was like who the hell is this guy he's a beast and then la- last year he's on Arkansas I was like wait that's who that's where he went I was like hell yeah good for him but anyway
1: Noté is I think, a he long- had some ac- I think he had some academic issues that's why he was at Jacksonville
0: yeah, that would definitely make sense. I didn't even know that was the reason why. But yeah, this guy's in stud. Eighteen point nine points per game. He's the engine that drives Arkansas. I'm pretty sure he just dropped thirty in their last game against Tennessee. Him and Chris Likes, the guy who transferred him from Miami, he's kind of like their sixth man. This Arkansas team's nice,
1: man. I I'll, I'll for him to go deep. Their big man Williams is really good. Total stud. Uh, my next guy. I listen for Duke. He, It's. I'm not talking about Paolo Benquero. He's a stud. He's probably he is their best player. No, freshman ain't gonna get it done for you in March Madness. These one and done teams. Wendell Moore Jr., the guy that has the experience on Duke. This guy is Mister Everything. He may not score the most points. He may not be a top three scorer, but he gets a lot of rebounds. He gets a lot of assists. He scores points. He plays unbelievable defense. He is Duke's all around player. He's not their best player because Paolo Benkera is. They need this guy because he's going to guard the other team's best player, and they need him to be more efficient in offense. He's got to set the team up. He's a great playmaker, Wendell Moore Jr., because the experience that he has. I think he's going into year two, maybe three of Duke.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call-out by you right there, Ben. Wendell Moore's is a beast. We just watched him play against UNC on Saturday. I'm going to stick with that Duke-UNC game here, and I'm going to go with Armando Babcott, center for North Carolina. This guy's an animal. He's top three in the nation in rebounding. He averages over 10 points per game, averaging a double-double right now for North Carolina. He dominated Duke in the paint, and that's what helped North he Carolina. He could have won ACC
1: game. player of the year.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's how good he is. He's the reason what's been driving North Carolina. I've been watching him for like the last three, four years play with with all these talented North Carolina teams. And it feels like it's finally his turn to take over and run this team. And, honestly, I'm happy for him to see him do it. I've been watching him come along for a long time with the Tar Heels. I think Babcock could be that kind of guy who can just turn into an animal and dominate one of these games and slow it down here in the low post. He's It It worked
1: out uh, because last year they had Garrison Brooks, who transferred to Mississippi State, and Walker Kessler, who ended up transferring to Auburn. And Babcock had just taken over at UNC.
0: Yeah. Hey. Also, that's another reason why you should stick it out and not transfer. Look at him.
1: Um, I think we have one similar guy. I'm assuming you have Jaden Ivy on your list from Purdue. Yeah,
0: I actually crossed him off because I knew you were going to hit on him. But I mean, he's yeah. Last... I and
1: mean, we we talked about him. If you guys haven't seen this play, this kid playing for Purdue. I mean, this kid is one of the most athletic guys I've ever seen. He just absolutely he just explodes. I mean, he's I don't know, like a DeRozan almost, but like. Like a gonna, younger DeRozan, Yeah, I was going to say like,
0: Beal or DeRozan.
1: Yeah, he's – I'll skip over him since we kind of talked to him already. My last guy, like I said, it, it's the same thing with Duke. Is he the team's best player? No. Kansas needs David McCormick to stay out of foul trouble in the same way that Illinois needs Kofi. David McCormick, another veteran – listen, Abaji, Oji Abaji from – from Kansas is an absolute stud. Yep. Uh, Kristen Brown from Kansas is an absolute stud. They're great. They need this kid in the paint and he's a veteran. Bill self puts a lot of pressure on him to stay out of foul trouble early. He's got to play defense without fouling in and, and Kansas can go really, really far.
0: Yeah. I think those are good callouts right there. Um, Real quick before I get my last two, I want to give a quick shout out to Johnny Davis and Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray. We didn't, we didn't mention him. He's one of the better players in the nation. small forward for Iowa. I believe he's a sophomore can really fill it up. And then obviously Johnny Davis, we touched on him earlier, but I'm going to go with the kid
1: that won ACC player of the year from Wake.
0: Yeah, that's actually who I was about to say, Alondis Williams yeah. here. He plays Oof. shooting guard for Wake, over 18 points per game, over five assists and rebounds. He might be a 6'5 shooting guard, but he can fill it up all across the board. He's going to be the driving engine for Wake Forest. I think he's one of the more fun players to watch. And look, He's given Duke some problems. We've seen him do it once already. I think he gave him like 35 when they were at, at a Cameron Indoor. He's broke, gone over 30 over five times this season. I think he can do it again for Wake Forest. I think Alanis Williams is a good guy to watch out for. The last one, I can't believe we've gone this far without mentioning him once the entire show. Osper Shibwe, center for Kentucky. Shibwe leads the nation in rebounds over 15 a game. He transferred in from West Virginia last season. Shibwe is an absolute animal in his NIL deal. They're paying him over a million dollars to come back and not go to the NBA. So he's already coming back again for another season. Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, hey, though, if he balls out in March Madness, I'm sure, and gets projected into like the top like 10, then he's going to dip out. But I don't really see that happening he with the way the so NBA guys. is.
1: Like what? Davion Davion Mints and um, who's who's like number thirty one on their team. He's an unbelievable shooter. Kentucky, yeah.
0: Is it the point guard?
1: No, that's Mints.
0: Okay, yeah, because I know they have and, they have Ty Washington. Yeah, they have Severe Wheeler. I can't even remember the other one. Is Jacob his Toppin thirty
1: one on Kentucky? Is, is it Jacob Toppin? There. No.
0: Yeah, I can't even, I don't know who it is. I can't ben. think of it.
1: Kentucky's got so many guys.
0: Yeah, Kentucky really does. But I feel like that – I feel like it all comes down to Oscar Shibway, who's arguing – I mean, he might win – I've seen on most lists he's probably going to win Naismith. So, either him or Johnny Davis. So, one of those two guys, I figure we have to mention him on there. Ben, anything else you want to say, man? Anything else we need to talk about?
1: My, my vote would be Jabari Smith for the wooden player of the year, but that's just me. Um, if you want to join a March Madness bracket pool – I don't know if we're doing one this year. I don't think we're going to do one, but you can text Thomas if you know Thomas or you can text me. We can both get you in one. Um, I'm in a couple of them already. I think Thomas is in multiple. So if you want to join, text one of us.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to set one up for the podcast, get as many people in there as we possibly can. I'll put details out on that on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be pumping it up every single day of the week. Hopefully we can get a lot of people in there like we did last year. Um, Back for vengeance, guys. Unfortunately, I couldn't get it done last year with Gonzaga, so we'll see what we can do again this year. But They're anyway, on my shit
1: list. Never
0: getting <laughs> them again. Exactly. I can't wait to fade them in March Madness. But anyway, we appreciate everyone who tuned in today, guys, and we'll talk to y'all again soon.